It's game day. It's game day, and it's finally frickin' game day. Up next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation? Welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 20, and it is game day. Are you ready? Let's go, baby. It's about time. Like, I am so excited for tomorrow. Man, I've been waiting for this moment since, obviously, we lost that game in the national championship last year. And, you know, I probably mentioned it, like I said on last uh, podcast, but I'm so excited for the beginning of the year, not just for the hopes of what the year could be, But I'm excited to see new players step up and see what they can be for Ohio State and see if they can be the next great thing. I'm so excited about the possibilities, man. Good and bad. You know, just the excitement of it and and getting to see everybody out there on the field, you know, again and seeing what Ryan Day, to me, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, I feel like this is the first year of Ryan Day. This is the first year we're fully Ryan Day. It's everybody Uh he's recruited. I slightly disagree on that. Who? Who's left? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking like completely everyone be, I mean, you yes. still have, you still have some players that were maybe in the urban era that, you know, might chip in, but I, I get where you're coming from, but that'd be different if like Ryan day wasn't already recruiting at a high level to begin with. And a lot of his recruits are already playing over the last couple of years. Uh, no, it's not because half of half of urban Myers guys were on our defense last year and they sucked. Well, exactly. So, I mean, so what I'm uh, saying is this is the first year of Ryan day. Okay, I'll give you that. This is the first year of maybe all-out Ryan Day in regards to the players on the field. This is pretty much all his recruits. No more blaming Urban. No more anything. This is it. It's all him right here. All right, all right. I'll I'll give you that one. You know what? And that excites me because I think Ryan Day is a special guy. I really do. I don't know exactly what that means yet. I don't know. I mean, he's proven what he can do with quarterbacks. He's proven what he can do with offenses. And I really kind of like the guts that he has as far as play calling. And it's just his overall um, swag, I guess you could say. But, you know, defensively is where I have some questions. And I think this year he's going to get a chance to prove everybody wrong. Right. Well, okay, let me ask you this then. Uh, I guess the best way to start off this preview is we're not going to get immediately right to the specific game in Minnesota. But overall, I guess for this season, what are your overall expectations for this team? Or what is it, I guess, mainly that you're looking to see that may be different from last year? Because obviously, I mean, last year was a finicky season. You know, we we started late. We had minimal games. We had a lot of interruptions. We had players being held out. Yeah, what, what, it, what are you looking forward to the most? Or what are you really wanting to see out of this year? Well, first and foremost, I want to play a full season. I think that's got to be on everybody's mind. Uh, second of all, you know, I want to play Michigan. I mean, the fact that we didn't play them last year, it still irks me, um, deep down in my core, because that's just something, you know, you and I have talked about it before that we grew up with, and it's just different. So to not have that was a a low blow. Uh, as far as expectations for the season, I would like to win the big 10, of course, as usual. And I'd like to make the playoffs. I think it's realistic. Do I think that this team's going to go out and win a national title this year? Probably not, but do I think it's possible? Absolutely. There's a lot of question marks that we don't know. We don't know about the defense. We don't know about the quarterback. We really don't know that yet. Um, but 
of course, every every Buckeye fan wants to say we want to go undefeated and win the national title. But, you know, realistically, I'm just thinking about winning the Big Ten and sending these seniors off, uh, like Chris Olave, especially guys like that, into the sunset was something to be proud of. Okay, it's it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, you, you obviously our end goal is we want to win the national title because that's where the program's at. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, I'm not sure if we're there. You know, it doesn't really feel like, you know, we're, we're we're that hyped up to really win it. You know, we're highly ranked to begin the season. We have a lot of high expectations, but do we really have the team that can win it all? And it's funny because, like, uh, I, I came across, like, a Facebook, uh, um, you know, those memories where, like, four years ago, five years ago, that happened on this day. And I came across one maybe a week or two ago where I had mentioned in the 2014 season, right after I found out Braxton Miller, you know, hurt his arm in, in practice and he was out for the season. I was like texting, well, there goes the season. Well, lo and behold, you know, that's the year we actually won the national title. So I have to be a little apprehensive to just automatically assume that, Hey, you know, whether it feels like it's that year or not, we have to kind of hold judgment a little bit until we kind of see how things play out. Because obviously that year, that was, you know, barring especially the Braxton Miller injury, we, we didn't think we had any shot at anything. But, you know, I agree. You know, I have a lot of the same goals in regards to, like, you know, I, I want to win the conference, obviously. We want to make the playoff uh, and then kind of see where it takes us. But, you know, I'm looking forward maybe a little more specifically to seeing how much our defense can possibly improve because – as a true Buckeye fan, we really like to hang our hats on having a elite defensive team. You know, I know college football is different this day and age. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust like it used to be. Um, but we're not that far removed from a couple of years ago having a top five defense. And over the last decade or two decades or even longer, you know, we've, you know, historically had really good defenses. So I'm really looking forward more to I, I don't know about you but when i used to watch games younger i actually really enjoyed watching when the defense was on the field and now it's like i get nervous when the defense is on the field and i'd like to get back to the part where i really enjoyed you know just watching the defense play watch them fly around the ball watch them get to the quarterback watch them you know turn the ball over so i i think our offense is going to be fine i'm not worried about the offense at all i mean we can talk about cj stroud here in a little bit but I want that defense to kind of get back to what we used to be. Yeah, I think that's going to be difficult to do. Um, you know, we were spoiled for many years there, you know, especially in the Trestle years. And I feel like some of that kind of carried into Urban's uh, tenure here. But I feel like kind of as Urban went on, it started to kind of taper off a little bit. And I feel like we're trying to rebuild it now. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about, honestly, is special teams. Special teams has been a joke for a couple of years now. You know, and, you know, I think winning the turnover battle, um, you know, having somebody that can pin the ball down within the five for field position and guys that can actually make freaking field goals could kind of be a good thing to do. So, you know, I'm kind of interested to see this year also how that pans out a little bit. Um, I, and, you know, I'm worried about defense. I'm always worried about defense, but special teams, I feel like nobody really talks about that much, but it's super important. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you're overlooking the fact that we had really good punters over the last handful of seasons. Um, I remember um, Cameron Johnson that, that like he, you're talking he about did, punters. I'm talking about Nuremberger. I'm talking about kickers. I'm talking about guys. So you're talking more goals. about the field goal aspect. I mean, our special teams has not been bad 
in regards to at least the punt game. We've been r- really kind of blessed lately in that, but we do have to break someone new in. But I agree with you that, I mean, realistically, ever since, what, Nugent has been like the most reliable kicker that I can remember, and that was back in the early 2000s. You know, unfortunately, you know, I don't want to have to rely upon that, but, you know, in some of these close games, that ends up being a big thing. And I know that, you know, we have like two young players that are kind of battling, and the problem is neither one can get above the other one from what I'm uh, reading in fall practice. And it's not because... You know, they're really both doing great. It's because it's like, which one are we going to end up trusting more? And that makes me nervous. I mean, that, that's that been a problem that I know Alabama's had in the past, and it's almost burned them a few times. But, you know, you never know when it's going to come down to the situation, especially on a game on the road at Minnesota like we're getting ready to have tomorrow. Dude, field goals matter. How many times last year we talk about red zone red zone offense and, and you know, times when we kick field goals and it, and it cost us? Or times when we didn't kick field goals and it cost us. You know, there's, it's an important part of the game, and I think like a lot of people overlook it. But man, three points is three points, dude. And I'll you take know, it. I mean, it's better than nothing. I mean, there's not a worse feeling getting in the red zone or close to the red zone, having a drive stall out, and then you miss the field goal or have it blocked or something stupid happens. I mean, that feels like a turnover. Basically, it is a turnover. So yeah, it does. So, so tell me this then. So, how do you feel? We're on the road. We're at Minnesota, Big Ten opener. Okay, at night on national television, primetime game. We got a lot of new faces hitting the football field this year, um, and some familiar ones as well. Do you think that this team has a period of adjustment where they're going to be a little bit uh, uneasy when they come out? Oh, absolutely. I don't think that's going to be a question. I, I mean, I'll be the first person to tell you that I have a little bit of hesitation about this game. I mean, sure, the line's at 14, and you would think a double-digit favorite, you know, you should feel relatively confident in, but... You know, we're going on the road to a a Minnesota team that has almost 20 returning starters, and we have like 12. Now, I know that's kind of a, you know, not necessarily a very accurate depiction of what Ohio State is because, you know, we constantly lose top players and then we reload them with players that are, you know, just as good behind them. But, you know, there's a lot to say about experience. I don't care how good you are. There's a lot to say about experience, and Minnesota has that, and they're going to have that at home especially during a night game. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times in my recollection, Ohio State does not play very well at night. I don't know what it is, or maybe that's me just misremembering it, but the majority of the night games that I recall us playing, we don't play well in. I mean, I obviously recall the Purdue game, obviously the Virginia Tech game. Um, Iowa, I think it was a 3.30 start, but still it kind of felt like a night game. Like, we don't do well. I mean, what was it, like three, four years ago? Uh, J.K. Dobbins freshman year, we went. Uh, our first game was again a Thursday night or a Friday night. It was on the road, first game of the year at Indiana, and we struggled in that game. I mean, it took J.K. Dobbins, you know, running his ass off uh, a lot in that you know second quarter and the second half to kind of you know give us a little bit of a gap. But that was a nervy game. Well, and I feel I, like, I feel like there's something to be said about the atmosphere too. You know, being Ohio State, you know, you're going to get everybody's best. We all know that. It's no secret. But when you're playing at night on the road in the Big Ten, not only are you going to get everybody's best, you're going to get everybody's fans' best. And they're going to be drunk, and they're going to be at, you know, at ready to go, dude. They want to kick your butt every time that you go on the road. And I think that that's tough, dude, especially you know, especially in the opening, opening game. You know, it, like you said, it, you know, 
the Big Ten is no joke, man. You go to Madison, Wisconsin at night, or you know, Wisconsin, or sorry, Wisconsin at night, or you go to Penn State um, at night. You know, those are good. that's a tough place to play, man. Like you're you're going to pay for it in more ways than one. And I think that uh, I really think that this team is going to come out a little bit shaky in the first quarter, and then hopefully settle down into and we'll be able to see what we really got out there. Yeah, I mean, and you got to remember too. Uh, a lot of these players haven't even played in front of fans for, you know, the better part of a year. So there's going to be a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, anxiousness. And, you know, it's really hard to mimic. As a matter of fact, I'm almost going to say it's impossible to mimic, you know, a, a fan base, especially a road fan base and a hostile fan base at that, because, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota fans are going to come out in droves because, it, Ohio State is always going to be everyone's biggest game on the schedule, you know, and anyone that tells you differently is lying to you. I mean, it's going to be Minnesota's biggest game of the year. It's going to be Michigan's biggest game of the year. It's going to be Penn State's biggest game of the year, Indiana's biggest game of the year. Everyone that plays us, we are the biggest game of the year for them. And that means we're also not only going to get, you know, uh, on the road a, a loud, you know, uh, a fan base, but we're also going to get the team's best. And coming in with a lot of an experience in some key spots, I, I, that's what I worry about. That's what I'm thinking that, you know, what if we do start slow, but then we don't have enough to pick it up and make it up and we dig ourselves too big of a hole. See, I think we will out talent them, period. Um, just the recruiting that Brian Day has done over the last couple of years and what we're bringing to the table I think it's just not comparable to a Minnesota program. Now, do I think, honestly, I don't know if it'll happen, but do I think it's possible that they just sock us right in the mouth uh, when they come out? Because like you said, they are returning starters. They have a veteran you know, running back and, and um, a quarterback as well. Um, do they come out and sock us in the mouth and maybe jump up a score or two in the first quarter? I could see it happening. I definitely could. You know, I do think we'll settle down and eventually regain – you know, regain dominance, but I, but I do believe that it's possible to come out and sock us right in the face. Yeah. Um, I potentially do see that happening now. I mean, I would love to be wrong and the hopeful part of me wants to say that we're going to come out and show everyone who we are this year and show completely show out and almost make it not a game after halftime. I do. I think that's possible. Sure. Um, but realistically knowing what we have to replace and knowing that even if we have the talent again that experience part is so important i can see this being close for a long time and being very nervy yeah i mean i can see that too i just at the end of the day i really believe that even if we're a little bit nervy and on defense and we give up a little bit a couple big plays and even if maybe maybe CJ, you know, since this is his first real spotlight, spotlight game, um, maybe he's not throwing the ball or placing the ball as well as he wants to. I still believe that at the end of the day, our running game is just going to take over. Yeah, it will. And I think that's the key part right there that you mentioned about this game that I feel the most confident because I think we have one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten, if not the country. I think we have one of the deepest running back rooms in the country. And um, you match that with a mobile quarterback and wide receivers that not only can catch the ball but can block, but you have to play them pretty true up because they can burn you. I think that's going to open up a lot in the running game. And the good thing about having a good running game is you control the clock. So if we can establish that early on, I think you know we, we should be able to handle this game no problem. 
But, I, you know, what worries me more than anything is the little ticky-tack stuffs like, you know, um, penalties or turnovers or uh, stupid mistakes that, you know, some of these younger players are probably going to end up making at some point because, you know, there's a learning curve that, you know, can turn the tide really quickly in a game like this. So I'm sure that Ryan Day has communicated a lot of this and he's preparing as best we can. And I mean, the best thing we have going for us is we have elite going upon elite in regards to athletes in practice. So now that we've established the ones against the ones, you know, offense, defense, you know, they're seeing good talent that they're playing against. So it's not like they're going to go against Minnesota and be like, oh, my gosh, that guy's huge or that guy's, you know, lightning fast. And I'm not seeing that in practice. They've seen it. But I think the environment, um, you know, the, the, the anxiousness of finally getting back on the field, being in front of fans, um, you know, that can that can probably alter that a little bit. Yeah, it can. And I think also, you know, we got to remember, um, you know, Minnesota's a tough team. I think they got some pretty high expectations this year, and I'm really anxious to see how our defense is going to handle their run. Um, what's their back's name? It's like uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, or I think it's yeah, Ibrahim. It's yeah, Ibrahim. Well, yeah, well, he was, I'm pretty sure he was the, uh, I don't know if it was the offensive player of the year. I don't think he was offensive player of the year, but he was maybe first team All-American running back. Something. I, I think he's like preseason best running back in the conference right now. He's a monster. Yeah. And I mean, the, he is. You, and you also have the quarterback coming back. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head either, but I mean, he's been there for a lot of years. And, you know, you can almost kind of throw out last season a little bit in regards to, I guess, how they finished. But the season before, they were, what, just about a top 10 team and had a chance to win the West. Um, and, they had all these same players. So, you know, the potential's there. And I know Ryan Day has at least hinted to that in media, in the media days and talked about, you know, how good Minnesota, you know, has been in the past and how good they can still be. And they, they have a really good coach. P.J. Fleck does an amazing job. He gets his players to buy in to that system. Um, you know, he's a high-energy kind of guy. And, you know, th- there's just a lot there that gives me pause about this game. But like you had mentioned, go ahead. No one has said this yet uh, that I've heard. Does anybody realize, I took a note of this earlier when I was watching, because I looked at the death chart for Minnesota while I was prepping for this, for this podcast. And the entire offensive line for Minnesota is seniors. And most of them are fifth year seniors. There's something to be said about that. The continuity of playing together that long—I mean, that's something to be said. You know what I mean? I—it's in any sport. It's just like you know, teams that my daughter comes across on travel ball that may be not even of the same skill level or maybe even skill level, but they played together since eight U and they kick your butt. Yeah, I mean, no, and I agree. Now there is another side to that too: is that if you have that many players starting as fifth-year seniors, that means are they good enough to move on to the next level, or did they just make the choice to continue to stay because they believe in the program and they wanted to stay another year? It could be because both, but continuity. Well, you're, you're, sometimes but you're never going to see that with Ohio State because if they're that good, they're going on to the next level, and then the next guy up is literally maybe a year or two away from being on that same level. So it's true, but continuity makes up for a lot of that. Absolutely, I, I completely agree with. That and it, it, honestly, if you look at our offensive line uh, and even some of our defensive line, like 
you know, most of our losses is at, you know, the quarterback, the running back and the linebackers and some of the defensive backs. Like it's not as much on the lines. And I think line play, especially in the Big Ten, is probably the most important thing. If you can establish the the line of scrimmage uh, and dominate that, you know. See, I've always felt like continuity is what gives teams like Minnesota, Indiana and stuff like that a chance. Because the thing is, dude. You have to admit, on Ohio State's team, continuity is not something you really come across. We have guys that might be here for a year or two, and they're going to the next level. And there's another guy to plug and play right there. Or now with the transfer portal, you got a guy coming in from here, a guy coming in from there. And they might be here for a year. You know what I mean? Or maybe two. But at the end of the day, you don't have guys playing together for five years at Ohio State. It's just not happening. So I feel like that's an advantage that we don't get somewhat for these smaller schools. And that they can build a program that way. You know, and maybe they don't have exactly the same athletes we have, but they've played together for a long time, and that makes up some of the gap. Yeah, I, honestly, you're completely right. I mean, if you think about Trey Sermon last year, he came in, obviously, you know, as a transfer, and he really didn't get going until about the fourth or fifth game of the season. And there's just some continuity there. And that's another reason why you'll see some of these programs like Minnesota and – um Purdue or Indiana that, you know, it's like every, you know, two, three, four years, they'll go in this cycle where they have a really strong team is because they finally build up the continuity. They may not necessarily have as much of the talent that Ohio state has, but they'll finally build up the continuity and be super competitive. So you're completely right with what you're saying. Say it Um, again. Say I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to lie, dude. I got a little tangled. Well, listen, old... listen, there's a reason that we're doing this podcast together, because at some point you had to be right about something or else we wouldn't be friends in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're probably right. I mean, I'm about over the century right now. Yeah, if you know, we'll get to the prop bets later in this. But if anyone remembers from last season, I don't think you won a single prop bet, to be perfectly honest with you. I feel like I'm batting about like point three. <laughs> I think I think that's being favorable. I think that's being favorable. Dude, but, speak okay, so how about this? And I know we got prop bets, but I wanted to ask you probably what everybody around every water cooler is asking each other today. And that is what's the score going to be, dude? What do you think the score is going to be? Okay, so I'll be perfectly honest, you know, I haven't even really prepped to give you an answer. So it's going to come uh a little bit, I guess, in jest or kind of how I'm feeling this particular moment. Um, and, and I stay, I, I stay really up to date with kind of what's going on. You know, I follow a lot of the, not just the recruiting stuff on Twitter and Facebook and all the articles I can read through 11 warriors and Letterman row. But, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, do some of my own analysis based upon maybe what I've known from previous years, even though I know they say you can't really base that off previous years, but you know, but I kind of see this game. Maybe I have a lot more anxiety about it than I think the team really will. And I think maybe I'm just a little more hesitant just because I think, you know, losing a quarterback as good as Justin Fields is really difficult. Uh, it's not every day that you have a talent like Justin Fields and then you have to replace him, but knowing who, who we have surrounded around him and, knowing that, in my opinion, I think at least our defensive backfield is going to be better than it was last year, especially having a full spring and a full fall practice. I think we're going to be just fine on offense, and I think we're going to be slightly improved on defense. I think the question really comes with this game is that 
there's little to no experience for some of these players. And I'm expecting some misassignments, some mistakes, some poor throws, uh, some nervousness, you know, some jitters, things like that. So strictly because of that, I'm probably going to have this game a little bit closer than I would like to call it. But um, I think the spread's at 14. I think we cover it. I don't know if we cover it by a ton, but I think we do cover it, and it may take the entire game to finally cover it. But I see our offense still getting ours. Um, It may be more through rushing this time around. I think they may be a little bit more conservative with what C.J. Stroud can do before they open him up. And I think we play um, quick on defense and try to, you know, try to keep the ball out of the red zone as much as possible, or at least, you know, keep them to three points instead of seven. I see it more like a 38 to 17, 38, 21 in that range. I'll call it 38, 17, just because I'm going to put a little bit more belief in the defense. Okay. So we're close. Um, For me, I think it's going to be some of exactly what we talked about. I think we are going to come out a little bit flat. That's my prediction. Uh, not not flat, per se. I think we're going to come out a little bit nervous. And I think that Minnesota, based on the experience that they have, I think they're going to jump on us a little early. Now, I'm not saying that maybe they're going to even take the lead. I'm just saying they might keep us at bay a little bit. I do think with their running game, they have the ability to keep us on the field a little bit. So I think time of possession might be a little bit lower than we think. Because of that, I'm calling the game 38-24 for almost the same reason you are. I think we're going to be right on the spread. I think the spread was dead on uh, when I thought about the score. I think we're going to give up a couple long plays. I think we might give up a a long run, maybe here and there. Um, And eventually, I think we will right the ship. Um, But I think there will be some damage done in that process. And I do think, like you said, I think we're going to score. I do believe that Ryan Day remains balanced as he has before. I, I, you know, I really do think that we're going to air it out a little bit and we're going to run it as well. It'd be pretty balanced attack. I'm just hoping that we can convert in the red zone. And I think we kick a couple field goals and probably end up, yeah, in the 38 to 24 range. Okay. So we're not too different there. Um, you know, the, the reason why this game gives me pause is, of course, because I can't forget the Purdue game several years ago. I can't forget the Iowa game. People don't forget you know, it, it's funny, you know, I, I'll, I'll always remember those losses. And, you know, the Michigan State game from 2015. I mean, even though Michigan State was a good team that year and they didn't end up going to the playoffs, like, they were not better than us. And, you know, it was poor play calling that day. And it's just, you know, anything can realistically happen. You know, I, I'm hoping yeah. that at least the weather's good. From I think from what I understand, there's not supposed to be anything crazy tomorrow. Uh, I haven't really checked it lately. but um, No, I haven't looked either. You know, because that's another factor that I really didn't take into account. Now, now, of course, we're I'm down in Kentucky, so up through about noon today, we got the remnants from Hurricane Ida, and uh, we got quite a bit of rain here. But you know, I, I don't, none of that's going to hit more up in the Midwest. However, you know, weather's always going to be a factor as well. I mean, that's one of the things that got us on. Um, at least that Michigan state game that I can remember is like really rainy and we kept trying to throw the ball and it was like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Run the ball. You know, you got Zeke Elliott in the backfield, run the ball. But that's, that's kind of my pause with this Minnesota game a little bit is because maybe, you know, I'm hoping history doesn't repeat itself. 
Um, you know, it, there's always a possibility of that, but I really don't think that Ryan Day is that kind of guy. Um, I think that he, the one thing I will give about him is I think he's kind of a little bit unpredictable. Urban, you kind of, you know, Jim Tressel, you always knew. Urban Meyer, I feel like I kind of knew. Ryan Day, I feel like, is just could go off at any minute. I never know exactly what he's going to do, and I think he is willing to take some chances um, in his career, and and I think he will do that again if it comes down to that. Yeah, and I, you're probably right. You know, if you think about some of those losses, all those losses I'm talking about were under Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer was, in my opinion, very predictable when it came to play calling. You know, you pretty much knew what you were going to get, you know, most of the time. If you saw the formation, I could have told you before the play even happened who the ball was going to, what direction it was going to. Ryan Day is a lot more, I don't know if creative is the word I'm looking for, but he's a lot more, like you said, unpredictable. Like, you know, there could be a formation that you've seen once and then they run to the weak side of the field. And there's been some times we watch games. We're like, why does he keep running that side? Like it's only getting, you know, a couple yards. Like what's he doing? But really what he's doing, he's setting the defense up for the same, the same thing to hit one over the top. And you know that I think, I think he's a great play caller. I think he, I like how balanced he is. Um, I like, I really like his short passing game. I think that's probably my favorite play calling that he does. He does pass the ball quite a bit. I don't know if it's quite 50-50. definitely passes maybe a little bit more than he runs. But the balance uh, of the the yards per game in regards to rushing and passing usually ends up being pretty close to 50-50 a lot because, you know, we get big chunk plays in a running game because we're setting up certain short passing stuff. And then we get, you know, some of the longer passing game going because we have him playing up because we get some of the running you know i think he's really smart and there's obviously a reason why you know coming as almost an unknown to ohio state's head coach why people believed in him so much and i think it's been apparent the first two seasons i mean he's not lost a game in the regular season the first two seasons so far his two losses are to alabama and to clemson you know there's not a lot of coaches that can say they've won all their games except for those two and then even got revenge on one of them so I guess, you know, if, if I'm really trusting Ryan Day, uh, you know, I should be a lot more confident about tomorrow. Yeah, um, I just don't think you can fully put it on Ryan Day because I just have this feeling, dude. I have a feeling. I have a feeling about the defense, and I hate to I hate to keep harping on it, but I still think that when Ryan Day talks about the defense, I can tell in his voice it's not where he wants it to be. And I don't know if it's there now. I'm saying that I just feel like he's trying his best to trust the people that he put in charge to do the job, but I don't know that he fully believes it. I've always felt that way when he talks about it. Uh, and you're probably right. Um, but at the same time, it could also be a part of Ryan Day knowing where he's at and knowing what the expectations are. And for him to say that the defense is where it needs to be when we clearly have seen that it hasn't quite been there, you know, he, he he's probably aware of that. So I'm not looking as much into that, that he thinks our defense is going to be terrible. I mean, we have the athletes. We have some coaches there that are proven. Kerry Combs is still a proven defensive coach at Ohio State. You know, I just think, you know, we really took a big step back last year, but we had a lot that we were handcuffed by last year. So I'm expecting it to be, I would say, significantly better, like elite top five. But I'm looking for it to be good enough that matched with our offense that is probably going to be top five in the country, 
that it's completely manageable. Now, are there some times that we may have to get into some shootouts a little bit? Maybe, you know, and I'm never really comfortable being an Ohio State fan seeing us win 42-35. I'd rather it be, you know, 35-7. to I'd feel a lot better about those scores. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as we can still look, you know, pretty good and we can keep winning our games that ultimately that's the goal i guess only time will tell well hey i want to talk to you about our favorite thing to do and that is our prop bets for this week absolutely so for those of you who don't know or might be a new listener uh we do our prop bets uh every game week uh we'll come up with three prop bets that we create sometimes we pull maybe some betting lines or something off of offline a lot of times we just kind of come off these with the top of our head uh, and we try to find something we disagree upon, which usually happens quite a bit. This time we had a little bit more of a difficult time disagreeing. I think it's just because of the uncertainty of what we're going to look like this year. But we typically come up with uh, three prop bets, and whoever wins two out of three or wins all of them wins the bet for that week. And we normally put something on the line each week. Uh, I think starting out, we'll start a little bit easier, and we'll kind of start out like we did last year. So the loser of the prop bet this week has to do what, Chad? Uh, they have to come on the air and talk nice about the other person for the entire podcast. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about royalty compliment. I'm talking about, I want this person to go out and be like, you know what? Maybe I'll just quit my job because I'm obviously a superior human being. Maybe I'll just <laughs> quit my job and move down to the beach somewhere. You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm doing. But on the air, I do want to say this. For those of you that listened last year and know that I've, t- I've lost a ton of these things and I still owe like all of the stuff that I need to do, um, I did cross one off the list by default this year. Um, I've actually bought a set of irons off of my friend Ben Davis, at least who I thought was my friend. Um, I bought a pair of irons for him and he brings them down all shrink wrapped on vacation. And I'm like, man, this is great. Didn't even clean them. They were dirty as all get out. And why so were I they? Then, and why were they dirty? Why were they dirty? Why because you, go you played with them up us? until the day you brought them down. Or it's because you lost a prop bet, and when we were in person together for a game, you were supposed to clean all my golf clubs with Evian water. Don't you dare, Lion, like you're that maniacal. You did not think of that. You just were lazy, and you played with them a week before that, and you said, "The hell with it. He can clean them when he gets." <laughs> Regardless what the reason is, you never paid up on it, so I gave you the clubs that you didn't clean, and you got them in the condition you deserved them in. <laughs> <laughs> so by default, I have crossed one off the list. Well, and you crossed the other one off the list, and we, you lost this same bet earlier in the year last year, and you had to get on and talk nice. But you did about a good two minutes of kissing my ass, and then after that, we went right back to arguing. So True. Yeah, But anywho, so here's the three prop bets that we came up with this time. Uh, first one is, uh, do you believe that Ohio State will have a 100-yard receiver in the Minnesota game? And yes. Chad yes. says yes. I say no, and it's not that I don't believe we can. My reasoning behind that is that I think they are going to be a lot more um, – careful with what they put on cj stroud's workload and i see a lot more running in this game and barring a big time play on a wide receiver i think best we got is maybe an 80 yard wide receiver so chad says yes i say no i say um i think it's going to be either chris Olave or garrett wilson and i think that they are not necessarily long passes but yet 
passes that they break for long gains. Yeah, and I mean, the I, again, I agree the potential's there. I just think the play calling for this particular game on the road, first game for C.J. Stroud, it's going to be really hard for him to, to you know, be throwing well, now that, that much you're down, to one receiver. Well, now that you're down 0-1, let's go to the next one. Yeah, we'll see about that. So next one is we're going to have a C.J. Stroud prop bet, and we're going to go on the basis of do you think C.J. Stroud makes a mistake and throws an interception on his very first game? And again, because of my thinking that they're going to be a lot more careful with uh, what they do in regards to the play calling for the first game, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that he takes care of the ball. They're going to try to play smarter, keep things in front of them, maybe a couple shots downfield. But I, I, and I also think he's a better passer than people are going to give him credit for uh, initially. So I say no interception. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he's a brand new quarterback on the road in a hostile environment at night on national television. And I think that he's going to either underthink or overthink some things. And I think he's going to make a mistake. Not that it's going to be bad. I mean, maybe he's not going to be Justin Fields and not throw a pick darn near all year to the end. But I do believe that he's going to make a mistake in the first game and throw a pick. Yeah, I mean, again, something that I can definitely see happening. But again, I'm going back to the fact that I just don't think they're going to try to put him in a scenario where that happen. But then again, I mean, it could be on a safe throw and someone could get Should through we... in the backfield and tip a ball and hell, a defensive lineman could pick it off. I mean, Should you know, we even do a third one now that you're down 0-2. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes I like to save face or at this point <laughs> you might be down O2. So at this point, should we even do another? All right. Yeah, so this one, I've, I've never seen one. Face. Let's do one based on Minnesota's offense. Let's do one based off of, do you think that Minnesota will get at least 250 yards of passing? And I think they will. And here's my reasoning for that real quick is I think over the duration of it, you know, we're still breaking in some new defensive players. The linebackers are very new, which means they can very well dink and dunk us a little bit underneath and kind of, you know, do these short passes, kind of keep drives going, maybe hit a couple big ones on us. But, man, over the span of a game, it's really hard to kind of almost keep it under 250, especially with a quarterback that's kind of a veteran at Minnesota. So I think they, they, they throw for at least 250 yards on us. See, I and think you, the opposite. I think they, they, I think they tend to lean towards the run uh, with what they have, um, and I think they try to run the ball a little bit more. I still, I still think they will throw the ball. Um, I'm seeing a not as balanced attack um, in where maybe we're looking in the neighborhood of like, you know, maybe 200 to 210 rushing, and you know, 180, 170 um, through the air. I really don't see them throwing the ball a lot. I think they're going to try to, but I, I have faith that they have got these new DBs and stuff, um, you know, through camp and they have a much better understanding of this defense. And I really think that they, at least Minnesota will not throw the ball all over us. I think it's really interesting that I actually look at the results from these three prop bets. And this is probably the first time in the history of dotting the eye that I've been more of the pessimist in this. And you've been more the optimist in this. Uh, you are calling for uh, better offensive numbers for the wide receiver. You're calling for our defense to show out a little bit better. Um, and I'm feeling a little bit more reserved. And this is usually – actually, you know, the only time I'm ever normally like this is usually the Michigan game. And the only reason is because I'm like, well, at some point they got to win a game against us, right? 
So I'm the one coming in nervous, and you're the one like, oh, we're going to curb stomp them. So you're like a fawn, Davis. You're like a fawn that got shot at last hunting season, but somebody missed. And now you just don't want to go back out there yet. You know what I mean? You're poking <laughs> out a little bit, but you don't want to come all the way out. Hey, stretching a little bit, but I, yeah. I guess I see where you're coming from. <laughs> well, ultimately, I'm super excited that the Buckeyes are back. College football is back. And regardless of the outcome, uh, we're just so looking say forward to having the outcome. We're going to win. Well, obviously, I want to win, but I'm saying in regards to the podcast and getting to talk ball with my best friend and, you know, us getting to post this stuff on here. It, like, this is such a blast. We enjoy doing this. Um, we plan on doing this for as long as people will keep listening. Hell, if people quit listening, we're going to still probably do it. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a blast. We love our team. We love the Buckeyes. We love talking them. And, you know, at some point, we'd love to see this thing grow into something bigger and better and, you know, have a lot more interaction. And who knows where it could go from here. But I'm just I'm super excited, man. And who knows what's going to happen this year? It could be a crazy year. I agree. Um, Hopefully, maybe at the end of the year, we'll be talking about something good. I'm just hoping we're talking about a full season, a full playoff. And hopefully it's getting somewhere in the postseason. That'd be that'd be great. Um, but either way, I'm excited to start the season and uh, more excited to restart the podcast. So until next time, Davis, tell us where tell them where they can find us. Yeah. So, guys, like always, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter or social media accounts. And I really, you know, su- suggest you guys really reach out to us, you know, be interactive. You know, we'd love to kind of hear some of your score predictions love to hear from you. You know, we're hoping some episodes in the future will start pulling information from things that we do on social media, things that we hear from you guys, maybe things you want to want us to talk about or, you know, give out some mentions about scores or predictions, things like that. So definitely reach out to us, you know, let us know what you think. Um, but to catch podcasts, if you want to listen to them, uh, usually the best ways we're on every single streaming service. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon music, um, all those different things. And I do post them on YouTube as well for those people that don't have the streaming services. So check us out, give us a listen, and hopefully we will catch you next week. Go Bucks. OH.